0: What's up, everyone? This is Matt Vogt of The Lifestyle Practice, where together with my partners, Derek, Steve, and Justin, we help dentists just like yourself achieve your goals and dreams through practice ownership. We work with clients in a number of different ways, as you know, including free content like this podcast, as well as our online TLP Academy with over 70 video modules and tons of other resources, and through one-on-one coaching, of course. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd love for you to like and subscribe or just pass it along to a friend who might enjoy it as well. I've got my new audio rig here, so I hope I sound crystal clear to you all in podcast land. I just got back from traveling two of the last three weeks, actually, to get my uh, amateur golf season started. And now we're back here in uh, snowy Indianapolis to talk a little about one absolute killer, something to be aware of and to avoid in your career and practice ownership. That one big thing that can cripple your growth and your potential for success is your ego. Yes, I'm telling you that the biggest obstacle in your career and in your practice is oftentimes yourself. If you all have been a longtime fan of the podcast, you've probably heard Derek talk about one of his favorite books by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacle is the Way. The inspiration for today's podcast comes from another one of Ryan's fantastic books called Ego is the Enemy. The gist of the book, which is based heavily on Stoic philosophy, is that wherever you are in life, whatever you're doing, your worst enemy already lives inside you, your ego. For people with ambitions, talent, and potential, the qualities that allow us to achieve the things we've already achieved in life are the exact things that make us vulnerable. Ego could come in a number of different forms, but for most of us, It comes in the form of, honestly, an inflated sense of self-importance, arrogance, or a belief that we deserve better based on who we are, where we come from, or how much time or effort we've put in to that point. Ryan says that at any point in life, we find ourselves at one of three stages. We are currently aspiring to something, we have achieved success in some shape or form, or we have failed. And these stages are fluid. So, let's look at how this could apply to the field of dentistry, because honestly, when I read through this book for the first time, and I've read it a few times now, it changed my life. It changed my perspective on my career, on my practice, honestly, on my personal life. It had an immense influence on me. So, in dentistry, you know, you may be a dental student listening to this right now. You've achieved a lot in your life already. Hell, just making it into dental school is an immense achievement, You're probably aspiring to become a great dentist and a practice owner, and you may have not really experienced too many setbacks to this point in life. But hopefully, if you have, maybe, you know, a particular difficult time in school or something like that, you've been able to overcome. You may be a practicing dentist or a young dentist, like I'm sure a lot of you are, who's aspiring to something better. That could be jumping into practice ownership for the first time. It could be growing or improving the practice that you currently own, or it could be Maximizing your time off and the balance that you have between your office and the other aspirations you have in life. You have surely achieved success at this point in your life, perhaps a little or perhaps a lot by your own definition. And I'm guessing you can recall failures and setbacks along the way. But in all areas of life, not just dentistry, Holiday says that the ability to suppress the ego is key to remain humble in our aspirations, gracious in our successes. And resilient in our failures. So in today's podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the three parts of the book as outlined here and how powerful it was for me and how I think it will help you avoid some very common pitfalls in your journey through your life and career in dentistry. One, humble in your aspirations. The first part of ego is the enemy talks about aspirations and how important it is to aspire intelligently with decisions made based on your actual abilities and not just a blind, misguided passion to be the biggest or the best in something. This part of the book really hit me hard because it immediately opened my eyes to mistakes I've made and some realities of the dental dental profession as well. If you've listened to my first few podcasts here on the TLP podcast, you by now know my story about doing a scratch startup pretty much right out of dental school. I feel like I put a ton of time and effort into learning how to do this effectively and minimizing risk. But early on in my journey, I constantly felt the need to prop up my ego. I saw myself at times as, quote unquote, special for being a young, ambitious practice owner, you know, that I had all of the answers. And as I've gone on through the years, and especially after reading this book, I've realized that obviously I did not, and I still don't. None of us have all of the answers. But early on, especially, this attitude, this ego really blinded me to the realities of my situation. I was not as effective of a leader of a team as I could have been because I saw myself as kind of the center of the show. This definitely caused friction with staff and caused turnover for sure. You know, I assumed that everybody who came to my practice would automatically just love me and love what I built. They would love our team and we could do no wrong, right? But it was a rude awakening to realize that the world really doesn't care (laughs) about any of that. And honestly, it put a major test on my business systems because I had an ego. I thought that we could just figure it out and that we were special in some way. Over time, I've come to realize that, like I said, this was all just my ego getting in the way. Had I had the humility to say early on, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to work my butt off, but you know what? I don't have all the answers. I am not perfect, but I'm going to continue to bring it every day and learn every day. Having an attitude like that would have put me in a much better position. And I think this type of mindset, this shift can help a lot of dentists and a lot of doctors. A lot of us let ego get in the way. I think it can be pretty common amongst dentists. Many of us were overachievers or perfectionists throughout life. Our parents, or our teachers, you know, they always would tell us how much potential we have, or we got into dental school, which is a tremendous, tremendous feat, but we felt like when we did that, we made it, right? I know a lot of you who are listening are young doctors, or you may still be even in school. And I've talked before on the podcast about how much I dislike these common phrases that I feel like originate in dental school and persist throughout the profession. Phrases like, if you build it, they will come, or focus on the dentistry and everything else will take care of itself. I realized after reading this book, wow, those phrases could not be any more egocentric. So along these lines, here's the first action item that I have for you consider reframing your mindset a bit. One of the most important things you can do in your career and practice, in my opinion, is take ownership for every single aspect of it. Here are some of the ways that you know, this book helped me reframe my mindset in my practice when ego was getting in the way. One instance was when we received recently a bad review. We got a one-star Google review. And I initially reacted with an ego. I was mad. I was angry. And I thought, you know, I'm right here and this person's wrong. My practice is great. Look at all these great reviews. This person just didn't understand what was going on. And they're just not a good fit here. They don't understand. Then I thought more about it and I realized, you know, something happened here to cause this, whether we did something right or we did something wrong. This person felt a certain way. And so in thinking about this book and thinking about ego, I tried to reframe my thought here and take ownership for this bad review. And it kind of allowed me to see that, you know, maybe there was something we could have done better. Maybe this person does have a bit of a point. And trying to understand it from the patient's point of view while acknowledging that, hey, I am not perfect and my practice is certainly not perfect either, allowed myself and my team to honestly learn from the situation and get better. Another example where taking ownership and thinking about this portion of the book has really helped, and I think it can help you too, is working with my team and sometimes with underperforming team members or employees. And I know that we all have this thought or we all have this issue throughout our days we have a team member or an employee who just isn't doing what we'd like for them to do or they're not doing something to the level that we want them to be doing it and for me this still happens the ego in me immediately blames them you know in my head something happens that i don't love and i think ah this person doesn't appreciate how hard it is to be me to run this practice they don't understand or they just can't get it or they're slacking off. But once I reframed this and thought about things a bit more, especially after reading this book, it kind of made me realize that, you know, this is my fault. And there's something that I should probably be doing differently here. Maybe it's relating to this employee better to understand their style of work. Or maybe I haven't clearly and explicitly outlined my expectations and then held this employee accountable to those expectations. Or maybe. I've done these things and then I haven't had the ability to admit, hey, I made a mistake in hiring this person and that I just need to find a better fit for my practice. When you reframe your mindset a bit and take ownership for things like this in your practice, it really can change the game and take a ton of pressure off your shoulders. Part two, gracious in our successes. The second part of the book talks about being gracious in our successes, and it talks a lot about the great people and companies of our time that have achieved some level of success only to get complacent or cocky by letting ego get in the way and eventually failing. The examples are all too common throughout history. I'm sure you can think of one yourself as you're listening to this. And there's a common thread to all of these people or companies. They achieved some level of success and thought that they were infallible based on these past successes. And when that happens, they make decisions for the future, basically thinking they could do no wrong. And when they fail, doesn't mean it's always a massive collapse or a, a you know, a total failure. Sometimes the effects of ego and the effects of this way of thinking can be small. When I read this portion of the book, once again it opened my eyes to things I was doing wrong, quite frankly, in my own life and practice. I had already been aware of this, but basically during an after my one-on-one coaching, my practice experienced some explosive growth for a few years. And if you want to take a little bit more of a deep dive into those numbers, like I always offer, you're welcome to email me at Matt at thelifestyleprctice.com, and we can dive into those a bit more. But that growth was really the product of having a fresh perspective on the practice from a coach, an impartial third party. But also the hard work that I was putting in on actionable items to improve. And after a couple of years of this, I'll be honest, I just assumed that this was it. I had made it. Hooray. Everything was going great. So I guess I don't have to do anything anymore. So I thought I could sit back and watch the new patients roll in and watch my team perform perfectly and everything would be fine and dandy. I hired an associate at this point and figured that transition to a two doctor practice would go perfectly as well. Well, As you can imagine, just like those examples of other people and companies, I was falling victim to my ego, and everything did not go perfectly. When I took my eye off the ball here, we experienced some slower growth and some failures of our office systems, and it's been a lot of hard work to get things back on track to where I think they should be. I could blame a lot of different things or make excuses, but after reading this portion of the book, I knew deep down... It's because I took my eye off the ball, I got comfortable, and I assumed I could do no wrong. One thing I see a lot with clients and prospective clients is the myth that once you've, quote, made it, once your practice is in this great spot, it requires no work or very little work. The assumption that you're free to do the same thing over and over, maybe with multiple practices and multiple associates. And it's just not true. A practice is like a living, breathing thing. It needs to be cared for and maintained at all times in some way, shape, or form. Like the saying goes, the grass is always greener where you water it. Now that I've had this experience, this small failure, it's really opened my eyes to the fact that desiring more is not always the way. Bigger is not always better. And at some point, it's important to admit what you are capable of doing, what you're capable of handling yourself. And making sure you don't make decisions based on past success or initial success that could cause heartache, like I told you about in my practice. I can think of a number of people in practices, even just here around where I'm at in Indianapolis that have fallen victim to this mindset. They experience some initial success and they decide to grow and grow and grow by maybe purchasing or starting another practice or two. They spend too much, they leverage too much, and they don't have a real plan or a vision. And then they don't experience that same success as they grow. And these practices and people that I think of have either had to sell assets at a massive loss or just continue to struggle wishing they had stuck with what they had. And when it boils down to it, this is a result of one thing, ego. So here's action item number two I have for you to help you be gracious in your successes if you're not already, dedicate yourself to becoming a lifelong student right now. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're someone who believes in this. But reading this book made me realize just how important it is to continue to learn to suppress the ego. No matter what you've done up to this point, you have got to continue to be a student. The truly humble people consistently observe and listen and improve. They don't always assume that they know the way. Brian Holiday puts this brilliantly. And he says, quote, an amateur is defensive. The professional finds learning and even occasionally being shown up to be enjoyable. They like being challenged and humbled and engage in education as an ongoing and endless process, end quote. Another part of becoming a lifelong student is defining exactly what's important to you by setting goals. At the beginning of each year, this isn't the perfect way or the only way, but my wife and I sit down and we set one, five, and 10-year goals for our personal lives and our careers. And I, I highly encourage you to do something similar if you're not already. Maybe your priority is Money, maybe it's family, maybe it's becoming a world renowned clinician or creating a practice that you can be in practicing it until you're 80 years old. All of those are wonderful motivations, but you've got to know what your motivation is. You've got to know where you're headed. And knowing what you value, knowing how much is enough for you, will provide clarity and decision making that you can't find elsewhere to allow you to remain gracious in your successes. Three, resilient in our failures. Last but not least, the third part of Ego is the Enemy talks about being resilient in our failures. This part of the book was the shortest, but definitely the most eye-opening for me. In it, Holiday talks about failure, obviously. And he focuses on the fact that no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, you're going to fail at some point. And failure is a relative term. It could be a massive, life-changing failure or bankruptcy, or it could be something as simple as a goal that you have just being harder to achieve than what you thought. In dentistry, it could be some complete disaster in your practice or just the fact that your schedule ran behind by 15 minutes all afternoon and it stressed everybody out. This portion of the book makes sure to note that no one is permanently successful, nor does success come immediately or on the first try. We all deal with setbacks along the way, and it's up to us to make sure that our egos don't leave us unprepared to deal with failure or cause these failures in the first place. Sometimes dealing with failure just simply requires resilience, trying and trying again, and understanding that we just need to keep putting in the work and keep trying. One of my favorite quotes in the world comes from the late tennis player Vitas Gerulaitis, a talented but scrappy pro tennis player in the 70s. He had lost 16 matches in a row against his rival, Jimmy Connors, I believe. And one fateful day in the 70s, he finally prevailed, defeating Connors in a match. And when he was asked about it by reporters afterward, he said, quote, Let that be a lesson to you all. Nobody beats Vita Skerlitis 17 times in a row. Other times when dealing with failure, we've got to be sure not to double down. When we experience a loss, we don't want it to cause another loss. We've got to make sure that a loss is followed by a win. I experienced this for sure when growing my own practice, and I'm sure you all have had similar experiences. I thought I knew all the answers early on. I thought I knew what buttons to push, how to create the practice of my dreams. And when I didn't experience the exact success I expected of myself or Things didn't go exactly according to plan. It was so easy to blame everything else in the world besides myself. And honestly, we see this all over right now in the world of dentistry. Costs are rising. Wages for employees are rising. Insurance reimbursements are staying the same or lowering, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much doom and gloom when it comes to some of the aspects of owning a dental practice right now. Sure, there are external factors that have an influence on our careers and our practices. But I think once you're able to step back and assess yourself and your situation and not necessarily blame everything and everybody else for problems that you might experience, maybe admit that you don't have all the answers and find help. It's such a liberating feeling. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be honest with yourself and honest with those around you about what you're capable of. Instead of continuing to double down on the things that caused me strife in the practice, at some point, I just decided to hire a coach of my own. And things totally changed at that point, as I've talked about before. I also began to outsource and receive support from other people and companies and employees to do things in my practice that I wasn't great at. So this brings me to action item number three. You might be driving to or from work right now. So while you're doing that, I want you to imagine something that's already been a failure in your career or your practice or something that could go wrong today or in the future. It could be as simple as an issue with an employee and their performance or you know something that doesn't go perfectly clinically on your schedule. Or it could be something like a setback in the growth of your practice like I described. The more we experience success, the more likely we think we need to protect our egos when we fail, maybe by blaming someone or something else. Instead of doing that, just acknowledge right now that you're going to fail at some point at something. And it might be your fault or it might not. But how you respond to that failure will define the trajectory of your life and career. Will you learn from it and try to improve or avoid it in the future? Will you own it or will you just brush it off? Something that we've implemented in my practice that I always encourage is to give your team permission to own up to mistakes and failures, whether that be owning up to you or patients and giving them permission to acknowledge how they will improve in the future. For instance, if a patient receives a bill that they shouldn't have because someone entered an EOB incorrectly, my team is encouraged and they know they can own up to the mistake and tell the patient or me how they're going to avoid it going forward. And I will always try to do the same. When you do this and you create a culture of this in your practice, it allows everyone to get their ego out of the way and come up with solutions on their own to how they can improve. And a lot of the time, if a patient goes through something like this and a mistake was made, but... Someone on your team acknowledges that it's not going to happen again, and here's how we're going to get better. You're creating a customer or a patient for life because they see that you're trying to improve. So consider trying this in your practice too. To summarize things a bit, remember that at some point in our lives, we'll always be in one of three phases aspiration, success, or failure. And to combat the ego at any of these stages, I would encourage you to one, remain humble in your aspirations by always self-reflecting and taking ownership for all aspects of yourself and your practice. Two, be gracious in your successes by learning something new each day and clearly defining your goals and your why. And three, remain resilient in your failures by defining where you have failed or where you could fail and how you'll improve. These things sound Really simple at their core, but they're not so easy in practice. I hope this podcast is able to help you focus on these important things and help you in your battle with your own ego along your journey. After I read through Ego is the Enemy, a little bit of a switch flipped in me, especially in my time at the office. I'm not as easily phased when things don't go according to my plan, and I'm definitely not as upset by the small stuff. I feel like I Approach people with more understanding. And I think this rubs off on both patients and team members. They generally reciprocate what they receive. And I feel like interactions with everyone throughout the office have improved. I definitely feel a weight lifted from my shoulders by admitting that I am not perfect and I don't ever have to be perfect, but instead just need to be ready to learn from mistakes, constantly try to improve, and put in hard work every single day. The perspective has definitely made me a better coach as well. Obviously, I can't speak highly enough about this book. It definitely changed my life and I encourage everyone listening to purchase Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday and really all of Ryan Holiday's books while you're at it. So that's all I've got for you today. I hope this was able to bring you some value and make you think, hopefully give you something to work on in your own career and your own practice. Coming up, we've got some fun stuff planned for the podcast. I think very soon we'll be diving into a little bit of a debate comparing startups to acquisitions and how to maybe decide between those two things. We've gotten a lot of Dennis reaching out, asking for some of that perspective. So I think our whole crew will probably be on that podcast debating. I'm going to be outnumbered by the other three guys, but we'll see if I can uh, hold my own there. And I think I'm also going to be diving into some startup things and some details about what you might wanna be doing right now if you're thinking about starting a practice at some point. And remember, whether you're an existing practice owner or you're looking to purchase or start a practice of your own or simply caught in between with indecision, email me if you're ready to take the next step in your life and career with a coach by your side. It's matt at thelifestylepractice.com and I'd be happy to help you in any way I can. Of course, you can always reach out to the rest of the gang too at Justin, Derek, or Steve at thelifestylepractice.com. Until next time, cheers. We'll talk to you soon.